Hey, it's Shane here. Throughout the majority of my career, I spent thousands of hours on my technique to try to be as close to perfect as I could be. But the one thing I didn't work on was my mental skills. On the exact mindset I needed every ball to be able to access all of my technical skills that I worked so hard to develop. Well, I've recently released my book, Winning the Inner Battle, which has all of the information that you will ever need to deeply understand how you can create the correct mindset for you so that you can bring the best version of yourself every time you step out into the middle. Go to shamewatson.au to purchase a copy of Winning the Inner Battle now. It is available in paperback, ebook, or audiobook versions. Well, it's now time for your episode of Lessons Learned with the Greats. Enjoy. No one spoke to me about captaincy ever. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like we should be doing that better. We should be. It's really important for me now to share my knowledge on leadership and captaincy to the next captain of mm. South Africa, to the next captain after him. Like to the point now where like I was having a conversation with Stephen Fleming the other day talking about this and I was saying why is this so bad and he was saying it's the same everywhere no one no one does it he had to figure out you, you just like here's the reins figure it out yourself one thing that I've always admired about you is is your mental toughness um and this is this was on display from you know the first test match that you played and getting to know you you know really well as well in the last few years of CSK um I know how um, mental skills and really trying to push that aspect of of you and and of life is um is fascinating for you so from a mental skills point of view were you always built a certain way or or did you have to develop certain mental skills to be able to um be the best that you could be yeah yeah that's such a a great question. <laughs> like I wish people could ask that question. You need to trademark that question. <laughs> um, but like batting and all of the other stuff that we've been talking about, it's always been there. Mm-hmm. But I, it's only later that you want to figure it out and you want to find out more about it. And it's only – I mean, as you said, the, my debut match was, was exactly that. It was mental toughness or mental capacity or mm. – Whatever it was, it was eighty percent mental. Mm. Um, so, but at that stage, I didn't know it. I just thought, you know, if a situation is tough, I'm going to come to the party. Do. That's you know? what you do. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't think of it as mental, but it's yeah. the last. Uh, I would say the last two or three years of my career, I really started getting um, fascinated about the mind, the power of the mind. Um, and it really it started for me at a at a stage in my career where I where I felt like I've I've arrived at international cricket, but I wasn't happy. Like I was just a good international player, and I really wanted to have a, a, a sense of more. Like I wanted to achieve more. I wanted to be a, a great player. Like I wanted to do better things. So it was that almost that two words that really started for me from good to great, mm. and. um Yes, started asking around and then there was this guy that came to do a presentation on our team just on the power of thought um, and using an example of, you know, thinking your arm is thinking happy thoughts, um, thinking of someone you love and then like closing your eyes and holding your arm out and then yeah. how strong your arm is and then 
the opposite. Think of someone you hate. Think of think of crying. Think of death. Whatever. Mm. All those negative emotions. And now I do it, and it's just you've got no power. And I was like, okay, what's going on? Yeah, mm. what what's this? And um, started working with him a little bit on visualization um, and the power of of that. Um, so he would come to my hotel room and we'll just go through the process of recording a little 10, 15 minute visualization clip that I could the night before the game visualize of the next day of how I wanted to feel, you know, smelling, seeing thing, almost mm. like living that moment. And then also um, making that shift from a good to a great player. So when you get to 30 or 40, that's when it kicks in, you know, like this visualization that you've spent some time. Okay, I'm here now. I'm here where I plan to be. I'm at a 40 runs or whatever now. Okay, I'm going from good to great. I'm going to the next phase. And then it's almost like that, that switch kicks in. Uh, and I found great consistency and I had two years of, 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 of incredible form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, test cricket did really well. One day cricket, I think I averaged like three years in a row, 65 plus, like mm. 70 every season. Just, and I was like, wow, this is, there's some magic here. Mm. Uh, and that's when I was like, okay, there's, there's something here that, I, that, that I wish, um, like we said, that I could have tapped into a little bit sooner. Mm. But even now, um, you know, spending the last two years playing some good cricket, um, in this lockdown period, I find myself in a position where, it was new, you know, for, for me and, and, the, and the power of the mind. So I've always had the ability to figure it out from a cricket, not always, but the last couple of years, to figure it out from a cricket perspective. But now I was faced with a little bit of life. Like how do you deal with life now? Because yeah, mm. always cricket's always been your identity in terms of that you can just, you're just a cricket player. Mm. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a husband, all those things, but cricket is – where it's at for you. So now this gets taken away. Okay, so what do you do now? How do you react to? And then I was like, I need to apply what I've been doing in my cricket space a little bit into my into my personal life, into my life away from the game. And that's when it really, I really got stuck into it um, and started reading a little bit um, the power of words, um, the way you think. Um, obviously visualization was already there. Um, so it just, it helped me a lot. It helped me a lot to look at the world from an optimistic point of view instead of reading negative news every day about how many people are dying in coronavirus and just feeding that anxiety mm-hmm. and fear and what's going to happen to us. And it's just like, you just feel like you're not, you're not being the best version of yourself. So I, I really, set myself on a mission to, okay, how can Fafti be the best version of himself? What does that look like? Because I was also planning for the next stage of my professional career, which was now post-captaincy because mm. I just – it was literally like towards the end of the season. I was like, okay, it's my time now. and My next phase is now um, leading without a title in the team, you know, mm. being the guy that that's – it's not, I'm not the captain, but I'm still going to be, I'm still going to show up every day as, as a good leader in the team, driving the things that are important for the team. So I was also planning that phase. How is that going to look like coming back? So yeah, the short of it is how, how can I be the best version of myself? Mm-hmm. So it was, and the answer to that was a lot was, it was in the mental aspect of, of, of that I needed to spend some time in. And, it, and I find it 
amazing. Mm. And um, yeah, even just rocking up here this this year and connecting so well with you in that space mm. because I feel like you are on exactly the same journey also towards the end of your career and it started spending a lot of time and, and, and finding a lot of stuff that are we that we can relate, relate to same situation so it's a yeah I love talking about it now almost just about as technique yeah absolutely I, I find I, I absolutely find mental skills super fascinating as, as much as about you know the batting technique and cricket techniques in general but the the mental skills aspect it's one thing that in around cricket teams is just not it's not done. It's not done well at all. Even though, and I'm, and we've had, you know, with the Aussie team and that, I've always had, you know, psychologists around and that sort of thing. But they never real, they never broke things down really simply around performance. So we had, how does your mind work? So I can actually, um, you know, how to be able to get the best out of yourself consistently. And these are the, re- and this is a simple mental skills education. This is all the stuff that you really just about will need to be able to know why you do things. Um, and that's what, you know, I've been fortunate, so fortunate over the last like five years, really, after getting education from um, Jacques Delaire, a mental skills guru, guru from the from the US to educate me on that. Um, and I find, I do, I find it very fascinating because there's so much untapped um, potential in people because, and I was a, a master at it, getting in my own way, yeah. <laughs> not getting out of my own way. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I do find absolutely fascinating. And, um, you know, people who are really curious, there's not heaps of people who are really curious. And, and the beauty of this podcast is asking people about mental skills and what and what work for them. Yeah. And, like, people who I knew incredibly well, I know incredibly well, like Brett Lee, for example, I know he's one of my best mates. And there's a couple of things he talks about mental skills that I had no idea he did for certain reasons, I thought he did it because he's like, ah, whatever. Mm, mm. But he did it for specific reasons. Um, and that's one thing – everyone talks about batting technique. Everyone talks about bowling technique. But mm. they never really sit – they never really sit down and w- and talk about what they do and why they do it. Like, Glenn yeah. McGrath, why has he got a song in his head? Why is that so powerful? I never asked mm, why. Mm. So he, he did it and it worked for him. I didn't know why. I didn't realise that that was a way to be able to just not burn extra mental energy so you got it when you need it. Yeah. Like those little simple techniques. So like Viv Richards talked about his chewing gum. Mm. Chewing gum. I was like, I didn't realize chewing gum actually was a was a way for you to be able to, for him to be able to, that was a, the way he chewed his chewing gum was a rhythm for his bat tapping. That's it was a way to stay present on this is just my, my technique and staying right no, in the moment. I'm like, that is, what? Wow. That is so cool. So, so those are the things that that's why I love doing this podcast is because of, these simple things that normally aren't communicated, yeah, from a mental skills perspective. Definitely, um, I mean, I, I, one hundred percent relate to what you're saying because I'm from exactly the same, same thing from a different country. We, we, I feel there's so much power that we are missing out mm. on on just people sharing on what works. Like mm. you've at, at least you've gone now through a couple of conversations where you've spoken to these greats of the game to understand that actually is probably most of them has got some sort of mental thing that made them this great player, but it never, ever gets spoken about in a dressing room (laughs) or shared down information and knowledge. And I'm like, why are we missing Mm. out on this incredible thing? And and I, 
I mean, you asked what is your things that you, what makes it so special to you, to you, like the performance of the mind. Like for me, um, I didn't necessarily have one or two things, but I definitely found that at the times because I was so technical, I got in my own way as well because I, when, when it, when it went wrong, I became super critical of my technique. Mm. And then what that does is you just cloud all your thoughts with so much noise <laughs> and there is just so many budgies chirping in your head <laughs> yeah. that you, you can't hear your, your, yourself think clearly. Mm. And the times that I could, could, when I, I remember it clearly, there was a, a, a test match against Pakistan where I had a, I got a pair in the first test. And two weeks before that, I was actually batting at my best. Like mm-hmm. I was hitting every single ball in the middle. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you just feel like, yeah. oh, I'm on. I'm batting so Start well. this forever. <laughs> and, then the, and then the test started against Pakistan. And I, and I got a note in the first innings. And I was like, oh, you know, happens. It's okay. And I got another, obviously, the pair. And I was like, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm out of form. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. He just like a week ago... But then strangely, this, this, this voice jumps on top of your shoulder and he's like, you're in bad form. Mm-hmm. You're not hitting the ball. And then I went to the nets and I was like, oh, yuck, I'm hitting the ball badly. <laughs> what is going on here? And I was like, no, 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 no. Get away from the nets. This is because I was thinking about every element of technique and I was like this, my shoulder, my hands, my head, my knees, mm. my toenails, yep. whatever. And I was like, get away from it. And I just spend some time visualization, uh, doing visualization, um, going through to my mind. And I, the only thing that I wanted to take control of was my thoughts before I was going into bat mm. because I was, I was, it happens obviously to all of us, mm. a couple of, a couple of low scores and you're like, there's a bit of an anxiety before you go to bat. Mm. Obviously when you get to 30 or 40, you forget about everything you thought, but I really wanted to specifically target the period before I went into bat mm. to make sure that I, I'm in the best mental frame possible that I could be. And he just helped me dealing with that, like how, like mm. you're talking exactly now. If someone can just give you the how, mm. it will make us all better cricketers. And he was like, you're going to experience this. Um, so let's visualize. You're going to experience this anxiety. You're going to think I'm just kind of a bear. Um, I'm out of form. All of these negative thoughts, emotions going to come in and that's okay. Let them come in and just like, just let them almost like just drive by, let them go mm-hmm. and start pulling in these other positive thoughts in like, you're amazing, actually amazing battery. You've just a week ago said you're in the best space of your life. Mm. Um, so like just replacing it with positive mm. and optimism or, or whatever you want to call it. And breathing, breathing was the other thing. So like, okay, I'm feeling a bit <laughs> because yeah. I'm, you know, balls nipping around. It's a green, it's a green wicket in Newlands. Um, Afridi left on bowlers oh, yeah. piling. He's good. Yeah. Um, it's looking quick from the side and you've got all this. Ne- no, it's just, you're not batting yet. You're sitting in the yeah. change room, slow down, take a deep breath, take control of your emotions before you go into bat. And I remember that yeah. innings was one of my best test hundreds that I've ever scored. And I felt shocking mm. before that innings. And it was just such a huge reminder to me that how much power lies in what are we actually doing to our minds mm. before a game. And I, and, and I hope that that will change. I mean, I'm so um, 
in awe of what you're doing now because I think you're pioneering, especially in the cricket space. Because I mean, this is it's out there for mm. everyone, but it's not in cricket. Mm. It's not in our industry. It's not someone that gets spoken about. And and I loved. I mean, I I don't know if you talk about your your mental really talk skills. Talk about being on performance. Yes, I don't know <laughs> too much on this. Talk about yeah. that. But I I when you told me you've got this this thing that you're 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 beyond performance that you're mm. doing for mental skills specifically for for cricket for mm. batting. I was like, I'm all over that. Sign mm. me up, sir. <laughs> I'm reporting to to class, and I loved it. I loved that. I loved it so much because I found your the ability that you have just to speak the language of a cricketer. Mm. You're not speaking from a textbook. You're not speaking from a degree, degree in the brain. Mm. You're speaking to me in cricket terms and you're going, this is what I think can help you. And it's the same. It's the, the power of what you're thinking, the, the stuff mm. that you're saying to yourself. What do you actually do to bring it into your game? And it's super, super helpful. So, yeah, well done. I think you – I told you this, but I think you're on the right path and I think you can – help a lot of not just cricketers but sportsmen because it's mm-hmm. definitely something that both me and you can agree on that it's that there's a massive shortage of it in, in in cricket right now mental skills i don't understand why it's not taught in schools mm-hmm. it's okay. one of the most important life skills that you can that you can actually um, educate yourself in and it's yeah you get maths and science and all those different things why is it taught at school I, I, I do not get that you think especially right now because the the knock on effect of what the world would have gone through right the mm. last six months now is not normal mm. and the the mental f- scars of anxiety mm. and stress how it will influence so much people right now mm. and it's the ability to know how you can f- get yourself out of your own way in mm. life as well. Yes, because you talk, we're talking about sport, yeah. but it's it's not just sport. It's yeah. anything. Your yeah. mind is such a powerful weapon. Mm. And to take control of it or to understand how to take mm. control of it is is it's yeah. so powerful. Yeah. And I and I think that's I mean we we speak now from cricketing context because yeah. we say that it's there's a shortage of it. And I hope that that will change. Because when you look at um the mental side of the game. People see that, or certainly in, in, in South Africa, and I know Australia would be the same, is for you to talk about your mind, you're showing weakness. Mm. And it's like it's a vulnerability not, not a lot of people want to go to because mm. um, they don't want to be vulnerable to a guy that's in the team and like speaking to the coach and like maybe mm. he's going to think that guy's weak or, mm. you know, the captain, I can't go and tell him. <laughs> I'm crapping myself to bowl the last over. Mm. Like he's he's just gonna he's gonna he's gonna remember that. Use it against me potentially at some yeah, stage. Whatever, yeah. yeah. So yeah. how are we getting past that? What tools are we putting in to make sure that we getting out of our own way to mm. make sure that we can be the best um players that we can be by uh, un- unlocking or unleashing yeah. our minds to be the best version of ourselves? But then you relate that through the, what we are in right now. You talk mm. about schools and education mm. on the mind. Like mm. right now the so tough on people losing jobs and like it's really really hard so you, you can't expect people to pick up a phone and call a hotline yeah. i'm having trouble with anxiety or yeah. stress or depression feeling even like, yeah no one's going to do that so that's why i think if, if you can figure out ways to to learn how to, to do it yourself through some help and and that's what i really but really enjoyed by what we did 
um, the last couple of weeks here, mm. just just helping me give me that information. Okay, this is what I think can help you unleash even more of a better version of mm. yourself in, in, in tools on how to take control of the voices in your head mm. or the thoughts that you have just to make sure that it's always angled at the right direction. The right direction, yeah. exactly. And talking about that, what does the best version of you look like from a mental mental skills perspective? Um, from a cricket perspective? Cricket perspective, yeah. Cricket perspective. Yeah, batting, batting perspective. Yeah, um, really peaceful leading up to the to the game. Um Peaceful in um, life, away from the game, family, um, faith, um, really just a strong peace that I feel inside me. Um, then the ability to trust that I've done all the hard work, I've practiced, I can really just go into the game trusting that, that I've done enough. And obviously that comes with actually doing enough, mm. like you need to put in the work, but I know that I have. Um and then in the match, making sure I don't get in my own way. Like if there's an opportunity to, you know, I talk about that dressing room before I go and bat, make sure that then I'm, I'm feeding myself with the right information. Mm-hmm. So the best version of myself would be a positive version of myself, mm-hmm. not a negative, insecure fuff. It would be uh, optimistic, positive, um, done the work, ready for action and now I'm just I'm just trusting this process and letting my my talents and my instincts do the rest of the work. Yeah. What about intensity? What about intensity side of things? When you're out in the middle in the contents, what's the what's the optimum intensity that you find you have to you have to be at um, for you to be at your best? Yeah, I think that's I mean that's obviously the sport we play that it's a great thing is that we're always in a in a level of real intensity. So mm. you're playing right now, we're playing in an IPL. So the intensity is there. So you don't have to manufacture intensity when you're playing a club cricket game mm. and there's no intensity. And mm. then you go like, Whoa, how do I get myself to bring myself to perform today so that I can be the best version of mm. myself. But right now, when you rock up to an IPL game, there is intensity. There's this, if I'm not at my best, if I'm a little bit off today, you're going to be better than me. So mm-hmm. I need to be at my best. So naturally, it's a little bit easier for me to have that intensity. But I understand that intensity is important to me. Mm. It's more when you move away from, you know, maybe a little bit late in the tournament when, mm-hmm. we've, when you've played a lot of cricket. And, you, and you're feeling like fatigue is kicking in and then you have to remind yourself how important it is to have intensity. Yeah. Because if you're just a little bit off that intensity, your perform- performances will, will start dropping off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's no question that like, you know, some people, their their intensity is just getting in their own bubble and sort of just letting everything bounce off them. They're just in their own world. Like yeah. this is what I, I see about like Hashim Amla. He's yeah. just like in Great this like example. in this in this bubble that it's just no one's penetrating it. He's he's it looks like he's nearly in like um in a trance in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? There is no it doesn't look like there's intensity going on whatsoever. But as the ball's bowled, he's moves fast. His hands are fast. He's in position to be able to move fast, right? But then you see, like I know for me to be at my best, I need to be in a fight. Like that's what gets me up. That's what, and even if it's an internal fight with um, the opposition or whatever yeah. it is, I need that intensity for me to be able to move as quick as I can to have that intensity to be able to keep going as well. Like what you said there around like good to great, mm. to be able to keep reminding yourself of that to not go, oh, I'm okay, I'm going all right. Yeah. Like I've done my job. Yeah, exactly. It's actually going, I've done my job and now it's continue to keep doing my job yeah. and bury them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's the intensity that I've got to you got to find. And of course, yeah. at times you do 
have a bit of fatigue that sets in or you're just not in that you – know, you walk out to bat and you're slightly off and, and I know, well, if I'm going to be slightly off – then my performance is a really good chance of being slightly off. And do I want to, after the game or after I get out, have to put up with the consequences of like just not feeling great (laughs) and going, God, I really wanted to do – I love my team. I want to do well. I want to help my team out. Instead of going, no, I'll do what I need to do right now so I don't don't have that – I don't go anywhere near that feeling later on. I mean, you know, like in – you've played international cricket for so long as well and a lot of T20 cricket. Um. You don't rock up to a cricket match always feeling good. Like mm. there's so often you're feeling a little bit tired or a little bit groggy or a little bit you didn't sleep well or you're not in a great space or whatever it is, but you still have to find a way to perform. Mm. And that's where I think the great players can actually do. Yeah. Like they've got the ability within themselves. You, you, we talk about a lot of things in common now, but, you know, it might be something different for other people. Yeah. But you just flick that switch mm. to go – no, I'm going to be that, I'm going to be at that level of performance all the time. And they just go back into that mode. Whereas the guys who don't, who struggle with a bit of inconsistency, don't know how to flick that switch, um, to get the best out of themselves all the time. A lot of the time, they don't know what switch that is yeah, to be able to flick. Exactly. So That's unless you, unless point. you, yeah, unless you define what intensity you need, unless you define what the best version of you looks like. How do you know what you're chasing? How do you know which which um yeah switch to flick? Exactly. So and that's one of the most powerful things that we you know what um is part of Beyond Performance framework is defining the best version of you from a mental skills perspective. And of course you've got to do it from a technical perspective. Mm. You've got to define it. So then you know what you're chasing Mm. of well, you define you at your absolute best. Define that so you know what you're chasing, what mm. you're trying to get to every single time you go to bat. What's the intensity that I need? What do I need to be like? How peaceful do I need to be in the lead up to the game so I'm not over over revving my mental and en- yeah energy yeah. before yeah. I go out to bat? Yeah, and that's that's the power that yeah you know, something that you how, need to define. How, if, how does um, negative voices affect your performance? Mm. Like if you if you know that that's something that you struggle with, mm. and if you can fix that, then yep. you can fix your performance. And yep. it's just. It sounds crazy, but it's actually as simple as that. It plays a big part of it. And I mean, that's, you, you, you put that across very simple and how important that is in the cricketing language, mm. you know, because all the other stuff is more, I think, the book context. Yep. And, and what really makes it so simple is that years, obviously you've gone through it already. So you've got this ability to go, let, this is how I dealt with it. This is what I did mm. and, and translate to someone else. But the more players that you would speak to or that I would speak to or someone else would speak to that's yep. gone through it, the more you have that conversation happening, the more players would go, yep, yep, yep. And it will just like hopefully yep. like wildfire. Yeah, You can just be in four or five years' time, you can sit back and say, <laughs> yep, that's where it started. Yeah. And okay, we'll, we'll move off it in a sec, but I do, I just love it and I find it so fascinating. Yeah. Like one of the most powerful things that um, I've been taught is – about the conscious mind, the power of the conscious mind, which is, you know, what you're in control of. Um, and the the mind chatter thing, which I just find so fascinating, the mind chatter, that little man that's mm. – or person or whoever it is, bird sitting on your shoulder talking to you and that actually like the psychology of the mind is that you are actually in control of that script, of what that little person saying. Yeah. You're in control of it. Majority of people don't 
exercise that control and allow that little that little person on their shoulder to dictate mm. how they feel and navigate their way through a day instead of understanding that you're actually in control of that script. Mm. You can redirect it if you want to. If you un, if you want to, like for me, if I'm batting and I'm starting to think, oh, now's not a good time to get out. Oh, that's the little man or the mm. little person sitting on my shoulder. I was like, hang on, me at my best. I'm not thinking about getting out. That's so no, yeah. I'm redirecting that script. I'm going, I just need to be at my, I need to, my technical checklist and be aggressive as a ball's bold. Yeah. And then naturally react. Yeah. But most, a lot of people don't realize that you're actually in control, in, in control of that script. And something so yeah. simple like that, I was like, wow. No. That's so powerful to understand you're in control. I always thought that, oh, no, you're not in control of that. And you just like, that just navigates your yeah. way through the day. Yeah, well, if if that's an amazing thing is as soon as you're aware of that you're in control, <laughs> then the game changes. <laughs> then you're all of a sudden going, actually, this this world is like I'm. I've got so much control of of anything. Mm. I mean, I used an example of um, just the power of thinking when it was like the lockdown process of okay, I'm actually going to put more put more energy into the training. Mm. That's just that conversation in your mm. head going, "Ooh, I'm feeling." bad you know am i gonna just play two months of xbox <laughs> or no i'm gonna take the other side which is gonna be i'm gonna put it into my training that's yeah. that same con- taking control of the language in your mind you're mm. just shifting it you're just yeah. shifting it to a positive um behavior if you can say it like mm. that you know in days you feel like oh, i don't want to go to the gym i'm just feeling flat i'm yeah. just like i'm just gonna lay if you if you go to the gym five minutes into the gym you feel you feel fine because yeah. you've just Tick that you just go and I'm just going to behavior is going to be there. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get out of my own way. I'm just yep. going to go to the gym. And as soon as you're there, you're feeling great. <laughs> but it's just that initial conversation in your mind that you should get, get over it with. And I love how simple you put it into the cricket context because that's the first time someone has explained it to me in cricket language. So it, it, it hits very easily. The media can provide a lot of different challenges at times. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as a captain of your country. <laughs> so from what you know now, would you approach the media in a different way uh, throughout your career? Looking yeah, back? that's very good. What I'm, Once again, I th- I'm so grateful for understanding this, this thing really well um, early on. Uh, I made a big point of taking what I, what I want to try and achieve in, a, in the team environment, but taking that outside of the team as well. So one of my... F- first things that I did, which was so uncomfortable, but I got a hold of um, all of our reporters in South Africa mm. and all the main ones anyway, like six or seven of them. And I was just like, these guys are just doing their job. They're writing about the game we love. Mm. So let me – have a conversation with them because everything and anything starts with having a conversation with someone because once you do, you see life differently. It's just about speaking to someone. Like we talk about cricketers playing against them and once you've chatted with them a few times, your whole lens changes. Mm. Um, so just chatted to them, asked them questions, give them, them the opportunity to ask me stuff completely off the record. Mm. Over a, a, a beer or a whiskey or a gin and tonic, just mm. super relaxed. But just understanding the power of just how can we do this together? Relationships. Yeah, yeah. how can we work at this, building this team mm. to the best possible way 
for us to move forward because you want to be writing about us winning. You don't want to be writing about us losing. We don't mm. want to lose. So like, like we're in the same boat, you know. Mm. It's like how can we get this boat moving forward? <laughs> and I think luckily for me that is something that I really understood. So I'm, I'm grateful that I had a really good relationship with our press in South Africa. And I think it because there was a the respect factor always there mm. for me. So I always, even on my lowest moments, I would respect the person for just doing his job mm. rather than getting my ego getting in the way of they writing bad about me or my performance. Did you perform well today? Faf? No, you didn't. So don't expect them mm. to always just build you up. It's mm. it's 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 good criticism. It's criticism that can you can you can choose how you take it. Yeah. So that part for me was I felt was good. Um, the hard part of it is um, away from you know social media and how how much you let people speak into your world mm. um, is something that is really important um, to everyone. You know, you're listening to those young kids that are aspiring to be great cricketers, international cricketers. The power of social media has dramatically changed mm. how much negativity gets spoken to you directly as mm. the person, let's call it Shane Watson or mm. Duplessis as the examples. But if I perform badly, everyone can have words that gets spoken to you. Mm. On a good day, it's great. Mm. And you read the great words and you feel on top, up top of the world. But mm. on the bad days, you also read the bad words. And then all those bad words, how can you put yourself in the best version of yourself if all you're seeing is just this storm of negativity mm. and and you reading and listening and 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 that is something that i did well at times and at times not so well okay is like because i was like i want to see what people are saying to me because i want to see this constructive criticism mm. um so you try and take this positive but when when it goes bad seeing all that negative Ooh. stuff can't be it's it's not it's not healthy it's no. not healthy to read so much negative stuff um so that's something i did good and bad but if I could do it over again, I'd probably not spend as much time reading the negative stuff as well because I think subconsciously it goes in little by little somewhere and then when you don't want it to come to the to the forefront there, it just throws it to, <laughs> it throws it to that important part of your thought process. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great question because of the power of the press and the mm. power of what the press and social media can do right now there is so much power in them, and, and I mean, if you look now, it's the 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 world we live in now is negative news cells. Mm. So there's this massive, always everything's just negative. The glutton of it. It's just yeah. so bad. So I've made a big point of of pulling away from it completely, um, even to the point where, like, I was telling my my wife Emery, because she likes to be informed what's going on in the mm. world, and then we we would end up having a conversation. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to hear it. Mm. She's like, well, we're we just having a conversation. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm got zero interest in negativity right mm. now. So yeah, there, there's power in that. I've got two questions because those points that you, that you talked about are fascinating. One is it's incredibly wise and to be able to do what you did with the press, to be able to actually understand how important personal connections are to their ability to be able to actually write what's true 
not just, you know, not, and, um, and if I had my time again, that's absolutely what I would have done. I would have got to know the commentators as well as the written journalists because they're the ones who a, a one word here and there can make a massive difference to how it's, how it's portrayed, whether mm-hmm. they're having a personal dig at you or whether they're actually just talking about yeah. the, the reality and being honest. Yeah. Did someone talk to you about doing that or you just thought that that's the best way? Because that's incredibly wise. No, no one. And I wish, I mean, we speak about this, that you can have more information shared down to people that follow in your footsteps. Mm. Um, So no, I was just, it was just one of those um, things that came up in my head. Um, But it was, it was all from a place of me. Once again, I spoke of how can I be a better husband, person, Mm. friend, father all of those things and the the best person in me was going okay i need to make these people feel mm. involved mm. of what we're doing bring them closer mm. not push them away so that's how it started but now like you know you, you, we talk about it a lot but i use captaincy as an example no one spoke to me about captaincy ever mm. <laughs> and i'm like no like we should be doing that better we should be it's really important for me now to share my knowledge mm. on leadership and captaincy to the next captain of mm. South Africa, to the next captain after him, like to the point now where like I was having a conversation with Stephen Fleming the other day talking about this and I was saying, why is this so bad? And he was saying it's the same everywhere. No one, no one does it. He had to figure out, you, you just like, here's the reins, figure it out yourself. Um, mess it up, do it well, whatever, it's up to you. So I'm like, this needs to change. It's like, how, why is there not a, a captaincy group? Yep. Like I'm talking from a um, South African perspective. Mm-hmm. Why can't Graham Smith, um, Pollock, Gowan uh, Sikrini okay, is not there anymore, um, all the captains mm. come together just on a simple thing as like a WhatsApp group and just be there for the future generations of mm. captains. Whenever he comes into town, let's go for dinner, let's mm. make this captaincy group or whatever, just so there's knowledge always being passed down. Because you you just it's just this, this round wheel of making mistakes, learning from them. Mm. New guy making mistakes, learning from them. And if the process was a lot quicker in guys, this is what worked for me, this is what not what didn't work for me, then the guy can go, okay, thank you. I take it on board. Whether he uses it or not, it's, it's his own choice. Yep. But at least then there's a, there's information being shared and and spread down to whoever follows. It's so ridiculously archaic that this is not in place. It's madness, yep. and I completely agree. I know within in and around Australian cricket for a long period of time they keep talking about let's get let's get the current captain or the one who's looking like they're going to be the next captain to be mentored by a, by one of the previous captains and it's so informal and mo- it falls over and then we wonder why things happen that sh- probably shouldn't happen that they've made very um, public mistakes mm. and have to wear the brunt of it mm. instead of there being this system there, this education mm. system around that you've, you can tap into all this knowledge. And as you said, even if it's not – knowledge that you probably need right that moment in time, but there might be somewhere might. out of nowhere where you go, wow, I remember the so-and-so telling me this 
And that's going to make a massive difference right now to how I attack this problem yeah. or take on this problem. Yeah. And it does. It absolutely blows me away. And it's not done, as you said, work with Stephen Fleming. It's not done anywhere around the world in cricket. Why the hell is it not? In business, there's certain, there's certain like, it seems from afar yeah. that there's a lot of this that happens. Really? Yeah, well, a lot because you think that there's a lot, <laughs> there's a, probably a lot of money riding on a lot of decisions yeah, potentially, you know what I mean? That yeah. they have to try and educate themselves. And a lot of the most successful entrepreneurs are the ones who've educated themselves from other other people, whether yeah. it's reading books, whether it's actually just talking to them and connecting with them. And it's just not, it is absolute madness. So, I think we should like from this conversation yeah. alone, we should really just put something in, really put yeah. something in place and tie it in around mental skills as well. But yeah. I just, it does not make sense why it doesn't happen. It's madness. And, and even if I think about coaching, like you, you think how many coaches goes through different teams or, mm. you know, use an international team. Like the, there should be a conversation happening with that old coach to the new coach. It's mm. like, this is what I think the mistakes that I made. This is how I, you know, and I think that's when real growth happens, mm. when you can go, good things that I did right, things that I made that I didn't do so well, and then there's learning and then there's mm. moving forward. The quicker we understand the process of that, the better this whole wheel will start spinning. And it's crazy that it happens so slow. I, it blows my mind as well. Yep. Let's start. Let's start it because it's just, and that's one thing that I know from this podcast of what it does. It's it's got people talking about things that they've not normally talked about. No, and I wish like I wish that I asked the questions that I'm asking now. I wish I asked them when I was 19 or 20 when I was for, so fortunate to be able to play with some of the greatest cricketers in, that have ever played in the world who was in the same team as me or the same squad as me with the Aussie team. I didn't ask these questions. Yeah. No, I think, well, that's a, that's a problem we all have is, is we don't know how to ask questions. Um, and like what, when you do get a little bit older, you want to learn more. Mm. And that's when you start, you start reading and like stuff mm. like that. But the power of questions mm. is free. Like you literally get all that information for yeah. free. But yeah. I think also that's one part of it. The other part is how we as the more experienced players, how do you transfer knowledge or wisdom mm. across? Mm. It's by stepping down and giving it, like just yeah. keep giving yeah. it, keep giving it for free, expecting nothing in return, yeah. just going, you're a great young cricketer. Mm. I want to share this with you. Like yeah. this is what I like. You're going to there, this is what I've learned. So you, and you just keep giving that information. Yeah. The more people we can have doing that, the yeah. quicker we'll change us. Just one thing that you touched on there in around social media, and it's a very powerful point what you said there. Yeah. Is because social media has just exploded, you know, from when I first started playing, there's absolutely no social media. There's no mobile well, there's mobile phones, but there wasn't yeah. <laughs> smartphones. Um, the power of not reading and not connecting with social media, I think, is crazily powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've only started to really connect more with social media that um since I've started T20 Stars because it's really – it's important for me to be able to connect with people to sure. find out what they are wanting as well, yes, what yes. they're looking for. But when it comes to my cricket performances, I still can't read that. Mm-hmm. So I like now during the IPL, I've sort of tuned out a little bit from the social media aspect. And that's good. Because I know that there's gonna if I'm if I'm not scoring – if I don't score runs every game, there's going to be a few people mm. who've got some th- – Opinions, <laughs> <laughs> opinions that, um, uh, yeah, the, 
unfounded, right? Yeah. So, um, but it's just it's educating people around that the subconscious, the unconscious mind. If you start reading a few negative things mm-hmm. in particular, that's going to feed into the unconscious mind, and the crew goes, "I've got yeah. this. I can take you that direction." Yeah. The it's not it's not a your unconscious mind doesn't go nah they're not they're not right you you know, you're batting really well or it's yeah. just not your time whatever it is <laughs> the the crew or the unconscious mind's going yeah I got it you yeah. suck no it's <laughs> I think it's figuring out which opinions matter mm. yep and then listening to those opinions and it's not disrespecting everyone else yeah, exactly. it's just saying your opinion is not something that is is closely matters to me it's yep. not something that is part of my world. Um, the people in my world whose opinion matters for me are people that knows me really well, mm. that knows everything away from the cricket, so I can trust their opinion. Mm. So if they say something to me that is constructive or negative, then I take that um, from a good place in their art because they know me in and out. Yep. So I listen to their opinions. And then anything outside that is what you look at as noise. So mm-hmm. whether it's good noise or bad noise, because if you if you listen to the noise and it's negative, and I use myself an example, thinking that I was um, bulletproof in handling negative stuff because I was reading, I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm mentally tough. You're not going to get to me. Like using that. But eventually, somewhere down the line, when you're at your most vulnerable, that's when that thing hits you. Mm-hmm. And that's when you don't have the superpower to go, no, I'm mentally tough. I can handle this. So that's really important to understand that it might not affect you right now, but somewhere it can it can make that bird on your shoulder start chirping a lot louder because of all these other voices that you've just been feeding it. You've just been throwing petrol in the tank and that car is just driving quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, so, yeah, really important that you're doing that. That's very good. Um, right now it's just about because even the team we haven't we haven't played as well as we would have liked so understandably you'd have people that are wanting us to do well wanting us to perform and of course that's right to feel like that but what is the opinions that you need to listen to that's going to make you the best player that's going to make me the best player Mm. and listen to the positive things in your life when you do that then we will hopefully win and we will make the fans Mm. happy this is now going to go into other aspects of life away from cricket. And I believe this is one of the most important life skills that most of us don't get much education on throughout our lives, but managing and investing our money as well as we possibly can is so integral to making the most of what we've got. So looking back from where you are now with what you've earned throughout your throughout your life so far, would you have done things differently from an investment and wealth generation point of view? Yeah, I think similar to what we speak about uh, in the other topics is that not a lot not a lot of people spoke to me about this. Um, so no one told me what to do. There was no information shared down from ex-players on this is what you're going to experience. This is the do's, this is the don'ts. So once again, figure it out yourself. Um, and <laughs> And in that happens mistakes. Yep. <laughs> of course there would be because you are uh, amateur in a, an environment which you, there are people that are professionals. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the nature of it. So, um, yeah, always had the plan of making sure that my eggs is not in one basket. Mm-hmm. Um, so diversifying and making sure that that's, 
spread over nicely. But the, the, the lessons that I've learned that you need to get the right jockey to run businesses. Mm. Um, so the one or two mistakes that I invested in would have been not the right jockey. You know, it would have been the right idea, the right product even, mm. but not someone whose heart and soul was in it or was the best person for that job. So they might do it as a bit of a hobby or they retired from, they've made super successful other stuff when they're doing this on the side. And through that, it's, it's not your best. Uh, and with that, it's obviously not the best for me because I'm just a, a, a silent investor. I'm mm. not someone that's, I don't know anything about it, so I'm not going to be involved in it. So you trust those who who are riding the horse, if you mm. can call it that. Mm. And, yeah, the, the learnings is, is that I would do now is that if the, the, the things I invest in would be doing really, really good research on who the guy is that is the jockey of, of that operation mm-hmm. um his track record his businesses before his successes his failures get to know him as a person and then invest not just this is a good idea mm. or this is a good product um you know here's some shares for free but then you buy some shares you know like that because at, at the time it looks like a good deal but in a year or two's time it's a bad deal because it wasn't the right person to to ride that horse. Mm. It's interesting you say that. There's some wise people that I've been around from an investment point of view who have said, normally when it's too good to be true, it is. <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, there's two things that I want to pick up on there. One is around have you been – have you invested your money in the share market or managed funds and that sort of thing? Is yeah. that something that you're – you're always aware of and we're able to find a great person to be able to help you invest that correctly. Yeah. Invest yeah, that correctly. yeah. So I was lucky in the sense that, um, Albie Morkel was a little bit, is a little bit older than me, but he also, um, was playing at Chennai when I, he was there for three years and then I came for my first year. So I was lucky that he was, with me for about three or four years. So he would have been at Chennai for six or seven years. But when I asked him the question of what does one do with foreign currency, because it was new to me, like I didn't know what to do with it at the time. And he said um, what's been extremely beneficial for him was um, the stock market uh, and putting his dollars and not taking it back necessarily to South Africa, but using most of it as as foreign currency and investing that in an overseas market, in the mm. stock market. And I was like, okay, I don't know, at the time I didn't have great, so I was like, okay, let me just take some of that money and put it into that. And that was great advice because the best thing for for us to do right, you know, South Africans is to make sure that we, we invest in, in a foreign currency as well because mm-hmm. the RAND has taken a bit of a hit, mm-hmm. um, you know, the last five or six years. Uh, you know, your your money, your value of your money in South Africa is slightly decreasing in, in, in that sense. So mm-hmm. if you have an option of investing overseas, uh, it's, it's, really, it's really good or positive or beneficial or has huge um, rewards in, mm-hmm. in the overseas currencies or markets. So I'm grateful that I listened to that advice. Um, but I do have someone that takes control of that portfolio. Like I'm not the guy that's yep. 
managing the stock market. Because why? Because I'm not the jockey. I'll yeah. do a terrible jo- jo- job of it. Yeah. So I've got people that, that manages that for me, which is obviously big edge funds and making sure that they look after international companies that just look after the share portfolio. Um, so I have a good variety of stuff overseas. And then in South Africa, I've made some investments into businesses, um, which is some of them's worked really well. Um, one or two of them has failed. As I said, it's just the, the wrong mm, people. Mm. Um, but it's doing really well um, in terms of, you know, even a stupid thing like a really um, hobby or passion of our of us all um, is we, we've started a wine label. Yeah. Um, and it was literally just sitting in in a in India, where they in in Ranchi, I think, where there wasn't much else to do, <laughs> yeah. and we just had this wine club of overseas players, where everyone had to bring wine together, um, two or three bottles, so then you could spread it out through an IPL and just share a glass of red over some good chat, and it started on one night where we were like, if you could pick a, a first eleven team from around the world, like, who would you pick? Like, obviously from a cricketing context. Mm. And then it was like, oh, wine, a wine. What wines would you make to represent the whole world? What grapes would you <laughs> use to represent Australia, South Africa? It's like, so the A.B. de Villiers of a grape, yeah. you know, like, yeah. well, what is he in South Africa? The Shane <laughs> yeah. Watson of Australia. So bringing the context of, of cricket into wine. <laughs> and then I was like, Myself and Flynn were like, this is this is so good. Like, you know, you're talking about it. But what if we actually made this happen? Like, what if we go go home and just like and I was like, I'm 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 up for this. I'm gonna ask some people that I know because I, I was uh, close to a, a, someone that made some really good wine and I said to him, We've got this idea and we were talking about calling it the first eleven. But is there legs is there legs for this? Like, I mean, in the wine industry, it looks like it's there's a billion wines. Mm. Like is another one. He's like the biggest thing with wine is the story. Like if you have a really good story, people love the story and you've got a great story. Like this whole thing, it's I'm in. And straight away he was like, I'll make the wine for you guys. So yeah, it's been great it's been a great journey. It's not I never went into that thinking money. Mm-hmm. Like it's just friends, hobby, um, do something which I'm really interested in, like wines yeah. and tasting wines and all the different wines of the world. So, yeah, we've got a, a little wine label that runs as a boutique wine, which is called First Eleven Wines, <laughs> um, that originated from Ranchi. Um, but it's 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 just it's 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 not the purpose of business. But if hopefully it can grow, it's growing nicely at the moment. Um, hopefully and five or ten years time it would have grown we were already in a few countries outside of South Africa so import exports is doing well mm. the corona season hasn't been well yeah, for, especially in South Africa for business yeah we had a four month lockdown of no alcohol in South Africa so that that hurt a lot of the in, industries um, restaurants especially obviously alcohol, all the liquor stores and everything were closed so but that's, I mean, you can't, you've got no control over that. So there's no point in you um, getting depressed or upset about yeah. that. It's something that's very unique and it's hit a lot of businesses, even the other stuff that we're involved in, guest houses, even a gym. I know you mm-hmm. you as well. There's no, there's not much gymming going on in the world right now. So, but that will also change again. Have you found it difficult to be able to find 
a couple of people or one person who can really give you the right advice and be able to like, have a mentor, even in a round business or in and around being able to, because one of the biggest challenges is finding the right person. And I'm talking even from a specific point around investment in the share market, it can be really hard to find the person who's going to make the right decisions for you, not what's just the right decision for them and yeah. their back pocket. Yeah. No, so the answer is no, I haven't. Okay. I wish I wish I I got on the journey earlier to ask the questions to find the right person because mm-hmm. I think as you rightly say we do have we're in a fortunate position where we can meet really good people and and that's something that I possibly would have done better mm. is extend myself to more um pursue rel- relationships or business contacts a little bit harder mm. um, as I'm, I'm a quite a conservative guy in, in terms of approaching people. Mm. Um, so I don't think I, I think I could have handled that better um, to gain more from it mm. um, in my cricket career, as, especially as a international cricket, obviously it's not finished yet, but mm. I, I think I haven't done that as well as I would have liked to get to tap into that, to find that person or to tap into person or persons earlier to be a mentor mm. in the space of business or, or what you do with your money. Mm. Um, obviously, I, I have an agent, but it's also just from a sporting um, background. It's not, a, it's not someone that's been in the industry that can show you and help you and take you under their wing. Yeah. Almost like what we're talking about now that, we must be for younger cricketers, you know, you haven't, I haven't had that relationship. And that's the, I suppose that's, that's the thing that I, gosh, I learned the hard way <laughs> in a, in a big way when it comes to investments and that sort of things. I, I never, it's not until the last year or two really that I've just been fortunate enough to find the right people, um, you know, find the right accountant who really has got my own best interests yeah. um, and find the right um financial advisor to be able to, you know, again, give me the right advice. Yeah. Because there's so many opportunists out there who are, who yeah, are there it's to difficult, be able to make the most like, of it. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I, because I, I've also been in the process of, of going through one or two companies, but it's, it's so difficult to know, like, yeah. because you don't understand the decisions that it's being made. You just, you're just trusting someone. Yeah. Um, and that's, that has not necessarily in this space only, but it has in the past, had its downsides, trusting people blindly, mm. um, and then they're letting you down through that. But uh, it's it's really difficult to who, who can you trust to be yeah. the person that looks after your money best. And for me, the answer to that will always be people that you can have a relationship with that really know you. That's like mm. I'm investing, getting to know the person that you are, and then through that, hopefully there would be AI making the best decisions for you because I know you. You know exactly, and that's with like mental skills. How incredibly vital that is that those skills are for young people. I see financial literacy and understanding like the financial side of things as being as important a life life skill as that. Because you know, money with what you've got, it makes the world go round. It's as, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. It makes mm-hmm. if you don't have like, and that doesn't mean like millions and billions of dollars. Yeah. That just means making the most of what you've got. Um, to be able to leverage it as much as you can. Like I think about my mum and dad, like they were super frugal. They didn't earn much money at all. Like my dad 
the most that he was ever on was 50 grand a year. Mum was on like 27 grand a year. And now because they're so frugal in what they did and they just they got fortune lucky a couple of times with a one investment or like a holiday home that worked out was luck more than anything. Yeah, you know, they set themselves up fortunately, but um you know those that education even from that perspective mum and dad didn't like weren't able to really educate me on how to yeah. leverage my money safely but also wisely. Um, and that's where financial literacy, like if you're taught those skills as a 15, 16 year old, then you know how to, what questions to ask and how to ask better questions. So you can source, exactly. you can, you can, um, find out whether someone's in it for the right reasons or not yeah. really quickly within a couple of questions. But if you, if you're not educated enough around it, yeah. then you, it, as you said, you're going blindly into something. And you're scared, you're too scared to ask the wrong questions mm. because you're so you feel so inadequate almost to ask the mm. questions because they're like, this guy doesn't, what do you know? What do you, you ask terrible questions. So yep. almost like the, the, the fear of asking the wrong questions, you just keep quiet and you just trust blindly. So that's, that's definitely something that I didn't do well. Mm. Um, and it's important, really important, especially talking about young guys, mm. understanding that as well as they could. Because it, it goes everywhere. Finance, finances in the mind goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Those two things, if you think about it. One thing that I've realized is that life is all about how well you bounce back from the setbacks that life always throws at you. So do you have a mantra or a saying in your life that helps you bounce back quicker from the challenges that life always throws your way? I don't have a, a, a particular saying. I think what helps me is that I've that I've spoken to you a little bit before is the fact that I, I am religious. So um, I do see my journey as, you know, it's, it's something that is, there's a bigger purpose to it. So it helps in difficult times when you know that um, – there's there's a hope inside of me for a good outcome, you know, or a, there's an optimism inside of me because of this this hopeful nature that I have, more so from a spiritual point of view than anything mm-hmm. else. So, in the difficult times, that helps. It helps that you know tomorrow is a new day that I can wake up and then there's I, I still believe that there's a really good purpose for my life. So in the mm-hmm. bad days, that that helps. Um, in terms of phrases, not so much. Um, I think. The older you get, the wiser you get in terms of what we talk about now, how important people and relationships are. So I I try and do that better. That's something mm. I'm really focusing on. Is, like I said to you, that what, what it helps me in terms of the the tough stuff in life from a spiritual point of view is especially like I can look at it now and go, this helps me make me a better husband, mm. better father, better person, better leader, better teammate mm. because I've got a real good or I think a good, a good value and belief system inside of me and everything stems from that. So good or bad days, it helps. So this is the thing I find uh, fascinating about religion and I'll, I'll be totally honest, no. I'm, not a, I'm not a religious person. Yep. The one thing that I find incredibly powerful and I love about religion is what you said there, the word hope. Mm. I love because mm. in the end that's that's if you if you have hope in your heart, in your life, it it allows the days that aren't going to plan or if you're having a if it's a bad time in your life. Yeah. If you've got hope. Yeah. 
you know, work your way through it because there's yeah. a reason why this is – there's maybe a reason why this happened or it's a learning or something exactly. that's going to come out of it. Exactly. And that's the thing that I I, I absolutely love about the, the – What, what reli- it stands what, for. Absolutely. Yeah. What religion gives people. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you believe yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. It gives people hope. Yeah. In, and in times where if you didn't have that, you might be hopeless. Yes, exactly. That's full. I can't even yeah. try and – Describe that so you might be more spiritual than you think. <laughs> I find I find that I find that fascinating. That's why what you've said there is that's that's the mantra or that's the yeah. the lessons or the thing that makes you bounce back because yeah. of the hope that you have. Yeah, because you truly believe that it's happening for a reason mm. and there's there is learning from it. Mm. And I think that's that's the key. So okay, this is happening to me and that's cool. Mm. I'm gonna have the best mindset I can for it. Mm. Um but it's part of my journey. And I think back now to all of the bad things that has happened to me because of, I believe, having that mindset attitude towards that this is supposed to happen. This is just something that is teaching me something about myself. Mm-hmm. I grow a lot from those yeah. experiences. And I think you nailed it on the head there. It's, it's hope versus hopeless. Yeah. Hopelessness or hopeless. Hopeless, hopelessness, hopelessness. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not hope, the opposite yeah, of hope. Opposite yeah. of hope, yeah. yeah, spot on. You've met and been around some of the most successful people in the world. Is there one person who has inspired you the most and why? Wow, that's a deep question. <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> wow. One person that's inspired me the most. Yeah, I think if if I say someone now, I'll just be making up a name. So okay. there's not there's not one name that stands out to me um, in 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 that. Um, I I try and just ask questions and learn from as many people as I can, and and I think I learn from my own mistakes the best. Okay, this is a final question, and yep. I and I am so crazily grateful for. No, this I've enjoyed it. It's been amazing. <laughs> I've loved every second of it. Um, you know I absolutely love reading and I know you do as well, love reading and learning. Um, can you give me a couple of the best books that you've read and that have had the most impact on your life? So I've been a terrible reader my whole life um, and that's something I wish also I someone could have pushed me a little bit harder when I was younger because I feel like I've missed out on so much learning mm-hmm. and it's only the – it's probably only the last – six months to a year which I've really started trying to change this habit of mine of not enjoying reading so it's very new to me but I'm finding it really really powerful like there's so much um, see the thing in the past was I would read and I'd feel like I forget everything that I read okay so then I try and find out okay read stuff that is interesting to you right so the things that are interesting to me would be leadership um culture uh religion um and maybe like one or two autobiographies so i started with that but uh, the stuff that i'm really right now finding the most joy in reading is the stuff that we're speaking about now so i think it's really really what you are passionate about at that stage Mm which will make you read more. Because otherwise, for me, it was like, you know, I pick up an autobiography, I read it, I'm like, yeah, you know, because I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting it. I don't go back to it. But now I'm like, okay, I'm, I feel like I'm actually learning something here. So I keep going back to wanting to learn more. So 
the only stuff that I have really read and can remember the stuff that mm-hmm. I've read is the stuff that we, we're speaking about now. Um, the last book that I finished uh, about a week ago was The Obstacle is the Way um, by Ryan Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of it's a best New York New York Times bestseller, whatever. Um, but it's all about how you deal with obstacles um, <laughs> and how you see them, positive or negative. All mm-hmm. the stuff that we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. So um, it's more the the kind of stuff that I'm going to write. So I can't say to you the best book I've ever read because mm-hmm. I haven't read a lot. Yeah. But the stuff that I'm really finding interesting is 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 either stuff that is talking about the way we think. Um, so opposites positive or negative mm. um cultures i i enjoy culture because it was something that was close to my heart as as, as, a, as a leader in the team like i wanted to make sure that we had a healthy healthy culture um and what that looks like i think that keeps growing um in in the way we move with time so mm. like right now what does it look like to have a good culture mm. how do you make sure that everyone feels like they're valued in your team like in South Africa, especially, we've got so many different cultures in mm. South Africa. We've got 11 languages. <laughs> like, how do you make sure that a team is like everyone in the team feels like they're feeling equal? Mm. You know, stuff where it's more closer to home in my life. Mm. That's the stuff that I'm reading about now. And then, yeah, that's so. so what's your favorite book? Because you've read a lot of books. <laughs> so give me your, your topics, your best business book, your best. Sport book and your best mind book. <laughs> okay. My best business book I've read, oh, there's so many, there are so many amazing ones, but the one that really stands out to me is called E-Myth. Yeah. By, it's Michael Gerber. I'm pretty sure that's his uh, his name. It was a book that was put on to me by a guy, um, a really successful um, marketing guy called Ben Crow. Uh, so E-Myth's about, uh, it's a it's a beautiful storyline. So it's it's lessons like a business lessons all the way through, but it's a storyline around a lady who started a pie shop because her aunt, her great auntie or her auntie, um, you know, taught her how to make pies when she was younger, and it was a passion project. And then she got to a stage where she didn't. Um, it turned from a passion project, which she loved, to then just the weight of being like just doing it all herself. And just opening up and closing the business, like closing it yeah. and baking everything, and then being employing someone who she built up, and then they left her. And so, all these lessons along the way is around this pie shop about how to be able to create a business like um, a turnkey business where it's like a, you're building up to be like a franchise business, but doesn't necessarily mean you have to, it has to be a franchise business, but making it so it can work. Um, and the one line is make it so you can work, so you work on your business, not in it. Okay. So I found that super pr- yeah. profound and the storyline around it is so incredibly well written. It's not just them just giving you a lesson and chapter after chapter, this is what yeah. you do in this state. It was yeah. like the storyline was threaded all the way through. It was brilliantly done. So that was the business book. Okay. I've, I've been so fortunate to read. There's so many great business yeah. books out there. Um, in regards to a sports book, uh, open by Andre Agassi is my is my favorite by so a long many way. People say that because it's so well, it's so it's so raw. Like, <laughs> so um, I'm actually going to order I, that. So I don't I don't 
I don't read autobiographies now really apart from business ones because I can get some learnings there, but sport ones, probably because I've known there's been some books that have been autobiographies and they've been written from people who I played with and a lot of information, important information, which I fully get, has been left out. Yeah. So there's moments where because you've got to be super careful, yeah. like if you you, know, yeah. you produce a book and let it yeah. get out there and you've got like the the real facts of what happened, it's going to cause a massive stir, mm-hmm. right? So you can't. No. I get that, but yeah. I'm just like, I want to read more the, like the truth, right? <laughs> you want <laughs> so, the juice. And that's where Open by Andre Agassi, he is raw. He says it, it – he says exactly what he went through. It's yeah. like that's what it seems like. It's so brilliantly yeah. written. Yeah, a lot um, of people well. have said that. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that tonight. I'm going to order it. Yep. So that is fascinating. And the spiritual book, is it? The mental oh, mind. Mental. Mind, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. The one book that really opened my eyes up to a new way of life. Well, mental skills have been so fortunate to be educated by Jacques Delaire. So yeah. that's the best book that I've read. Um, well, well, he's he's been my book. Yeah. Um, one is Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers. I find he is the really? way he talks about okay. – and that's not a mental skills book. That's more just about like pulling – opening up your lens to what has made people like be incredibly successful yeah. and the sort of factors that can go into um, things that have just sort of come together for that person yeah. to be incredibly successful. But the um, – Mindset uh, was the other book you said yeah, was good for the me. the other – Mindset book. Where was I going was it with it? Caroline Dweck, you said, was the- Oh, yeah, Caroline Dweck, yeah. That's um the growth mindset. The that growth is, mindset. Yeah, that is a fascinating book. I read that during the 2015 World Cup at a time where I just got dropped. And it's it talks about the fixed mindset and the growth mindset and around the like neuroplasticity of your mind that you always think that this is just how I'm built. It was like me with maths, right? I was like, oh, like when it's- like just algebra and I can just practice it over and over again. I'm, I can nail it and I'll yeah. get like 80, 90%. But when it was like a um, using all of those together and as like a big problem that mm-hmm. I had to try and solve, I, I was like, no, I just don't have that creative sort of thing in my mind. So I just pigeonholed myself as like a okay. fixed mindset. No, nah, I, I can't do it. I'm hopeless. I don't have a creative sort of aspect to my mind. Of course, you, you do <laughs> if you if you work at it and you work at certain skills. So, um, so that really opening my eyes up to the, everything's a growth mindset. Everything you can learn, um, your mind's just not fixed, and that's how it is. And yep. that's how I was born. That's just how I am, and I can't change it. And how it's really the a learning mindset compared to I'm just going to do it this way because that's how it should be yeah, done. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I found wow. I found yeah that one really fascinating. That helped me at a time where. Well, I got dropped after the second game in the World Cup. Okay. Um, and that was a really important time for me to be able to just really kick into gear again, that learning mindset to go, no, nah, this is where I need to this is where I need to go. Yeah, yeah. But okay. I, yeah. I'll read both of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's so the the incredible thing is it's a beauty about books. the books. There's yeah. so many amazing books out there and especially now in where there's a financial side of things, um, there's a, a book in Australia called um, from Barefoot, the Barefoot Investor, Scott Pate, it, and it's and it's in a more an Australian context around like banks and that sort of thing. But just the principles, oh, real good. I wish I wish I, I wish I knew that when I was twenty, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have paid I wouldn't have increased the bank share prices I did yeah. <laughs> by paying off paying interest on so many lo- crazy loans, yeah, um, and all those sorts of stuff. Anyway, so. 
but there's yeah, so many incredible books out there. I'll tap into your skill set for books a lot more. We've got some time together still. <laughs> My pleasure. Faf, I feel so incredibly fortunate to have had you on this episode of Lessons Learned with the Greats. You've achieved so many incredible things on the cricket field throughout your career so far, and you've done all of this with so much grace and humility. I can't thank you enough for giving me the time to share all of these incredible insights with all of us, and we are all that much richer for digging deeper into the mind of one of the greats of world cricket. It was an amazing um, time spent with you. Thank you very much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. I don't even know how long it was because <laughs> it's been so much fun. Thank you for having me. Um, there's incredible names on your list, so I am very, very honoured to join your show. Thank you very much. You're a good man, Faf. Thanks, mate. Thank you. <laughs> for more episodes of Lessons Learned with the Greats, head to t20stars.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.